0: Welcome to Beside the Burn for Friday the 13th of October. It being Friday, we are on our Friday Book Club and we are continuing to look at Gentle and Lowly, uh, this book by Dean Ortlund. Uh, don't worry if you don't have the book, I think there's still plenty to learn each Friday as we delve into it. And I'll give you a little summary uh, of some of the chapters uh, I sort of had planned to just give you a quick overview of the book over a few weeks, but a number of folk have said how much they have appreciated each of the chapters and the truth that we're learning from them. So I'll maybe take a few more weeks just to go through some of those chapters and delve into them. Today we are going to look at a couple of the chapters, chapter 8 and chapter 9. And I'm going to give you the verse from each chapter. If you've been reading the book, you'll know Dane takes a particular verse uh, from the Bible and then writes a a short chapter on that verse. And each of the verses reveals something to us about Jesus' heart. Uh, Jesus told us that his heart is gentle and lowly. He is gentle and lowly in heart. But what does that mean in practice? How can we know this gentle and lowly heart of Jesus? What does it mean? And today we're going to find that because of Jesus' heart for us, because of the love that he has for us, there are two particular tasks that he performs today. You see, we often spend all of our time thinking about what Jesus did in the past. We think about whenever he was on this earth, we read about his miracles, we read about his death and his resurrection. But today Jesus is at his father's side. But he is not just sitting back resting now that his work is done. There are two particular things that he does and Dane deals with those in chapter 8 and chapter 9. And that's what we're going to look at together today. First of all, in chapter 8, Dane tells us that today Jesus is interceding on our behalf. You see it there in Hebrews 7 verse 25. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is interceding on our behalf today. What does it mean to intercede? Well, it means to stand between two people. And to intercede means to take the concerns of one person to the other one. You can uh, see it sometimes whenever a parent goes to school and intercedes on behalf of their child to the teacher or to the principal. Something has happened and they feel as though they need to go and speak on behalf of the child uh, and intercede. And then whenever the the principal or the teacher has something to um, say back to the child, the parent takes that information back to the child again. And this is what Jesus is doing each and every day on our behalf. Now, it's not that Jesus is there trying to change the Father's mind, trying to get the Father to do something that he doesn't want to do. It's simply that Jesus' heart is so overflowing with love and concern for us that he cannot hold himself back from speaking on our behalf. Jesus has such a concern for you and for me that he simply cannot refrain from mentioning us to his father. So whenever he's in his father's presence, it's not that they're talking about some mountain or earthquake or something else that's going to happen. Jesus has such a concern for you and I that we Are on his lips before the Father, and he is talking about us and sharing about us with the Father, and therefore he is interceding. Now, there's also another uh, interesting word in this verse it is the word completely. Jesus is interceding on our behalf and making sure that we are saved completely. Some translations use the word uttermost. He is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Now, does that mean that there's a way of saving someone that isn't complete, that's just a little bit? Well, no, that's not what we have here. What we're being told in this verse is that you and I are Uttermost sinners. We are complete sinners. We sin completely in every way. But Jesus comes and offers us salvation, which is to the uttermost, which is complete. And the salvation that Jesus offers is able to deal with every little aspect of the sin that we have in our lives. Nothing is left behind Jesus saves to the uttermost. Jesus saves completely. And Jesus just keeps interceding on our behalf. He keeps talking to the Father about us. it's If you can imagine um, it's sports day, and Dean uses this illustration, you imagine it's sports day, there's an older brother standing at the sidelines and his younger brother is taking part in the race. And the older brother is cheering and supporting the younger one who's taking part. And just keeps shouting their name, shouting encouragement, helping them along. And then as that younger brother starts to lead the pack and builds up a lead The older brother doesn't then just sit back and and watch and, and is quiet. The older brother keeps cheering, keeps supporting, keeps pushing the younger one on, keeps cheering. And that is what Jesus is doing on our behalf. He's interceding. He is supporting us in all that we do. But then there's another activity of Jesus at the moment that is very closely linked to this intercession. And Dane deals with it in the next chapter, in chapter 10. And as well as being an intercessor, Jesus is also being an advocate. So, my dear children, this is in 1 John 2, verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous one. Now being an advocate is very similar to being an interceder but there is a subtle difference and Jesus is carrying out both these tasks. To be an advocate means that you are aligning yourself with one side. It The intercessor is standing in the middle and taking information both ways between the two parties. But an advocate, rather than being in the middle, actually steps over the dividing line to side with one person. So Jesus, as our advocate, steps over the line and sides himself with us so that he can then speak on our behalf before the Father. He is there doing this on our behalf, pleading our case as it were. He intercedes continually, but he is only an advocate whenever we require him to be so, whenever we sin. So if anybody does sin, so when we sin, we have an advocate and he speaks on our behalf. The Greek word that's used, that's translated as advocate here, is parakletos. And parakletos is used four other times in the New Testament. And each time that it's used, it refers to the Holy Spirit. The The four other times that the word is used it is jesus speaking in his prayer in john 14 to 7 or 15 to 17 just before he's about to go to the cross and he is talking about god sending the holy spirit that once he goes the holy spirit will come he will be your paracletos he will be your advocate he will be with you and so this is who we have this is what jesus is doing now he is standing advocating for us he is pleading our case who does he do this for well he will do this for anybody it says in first john 2 verse 1 anybody who sins so that means you and i jesus will plead our case whenever we come to the father we have a, an advocate with the father so when will he do this Well, he will do this now. John tells us we have. It's not that we can apply to have. It's not that he'll send an advocate. We actually have Jesus as our advocate now. And why is he able to do this? He's able to do this because Jesus is a righteous one, we're told at the end of the verse. Jesus is righteous. He is right. There is nothing wrong or sinful in him. We are the ones with the sin. So Jesus stands as an advocate for us and speaks on our behalf before the heavenly throne and we can rely upon him for that. Jesus intercedes simply because of our general sinfulness but he advocates for us in the case of specific sinfulness. And Jesus does this Because of his heart. His heart is filled with compassion for us. So whenever we sin, it's not that Jesus is rubbing his hands thinking, oh, here's another one I can punish and send to hell. Far from it. Jesus sees us sinning. And his immediate reaction is to go and be our advocate and stand in our place. After all, he went to the cross for our sin. He died. He suffered for our sin. So he is able to offer us forgiveness. He's often able to show us grace. So whenever we sin, whatever that sin is, no matter how long ago it was or how close it is, Jesus is able to stand an advocate as an advocate for us because he loves us and he cares for us. So what a wonderful, wonderful saviour we have who not only died for us, but now intercedes for us and is now our advocate. And he will, he will do that because his heart is open towards us. So let's give thanks for that now in prayer. And we're also asked, and let's pray today, to pray for addiction in our land and also to pray for the Council for Public Affairs. This is a a council of our Presbyterian Church that deals with affairs that happen in the public space and how we as a church respond to what's going on in the world. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have an intercessor And we have an advocate in Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Lord, we realise that we cannot justify ourselves, we cannot make ourselves right, but we praise you that we have one who is righteous and who is able to stand in our place and has taken the punishment and his heart is such that he continues to work on our behalf even today. Lord, we praise you and thank you and we confess our sin before you today. Lord God, we want to pray for this island that we live on and we want to pray about addiction. We realise that it is an ever-growing problem and we pray for those who suffer that they might get the right help and the right support to overcome addiction. We pray for Grey's Court, which is run by our Presbyterian Church, which provides long-term supported housing to those in the early stages of their recovery. We give thanks for the commitment of the staff there as they work alongside the service users. We pray also, Lord, for the Council for Public Affairs of our church and we thank you for that council and the engagement with what is happening in society today and for the wisdom, that they provide for us. We think especially at the moment with regards to abortion and with regards to the RSE um, teaching in schools. We pray for the Reverend Daniel Kean as he commences a new year as Governor of the Council for Public Affairs. And we pray for wisdom and confidence and grace as the Council continues to engage in the public square. Lord God, we bring these, our prayers, before you today, in Jesus' name. Amen.